Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. First off, you like this content that is coming your way. Hit that subscribe button. It means a ton. Um, it helps the channel grow a ton. Hit the bell notification. Get all my notifications for all my videos here. And also, folks, if you're listening to this in the podcast, Google Play, um, Apple Play, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Breaker, the whole nine, five-star comment, review, means a ton, helps the channel grow. But today, folks, we're going to talk about uh, the scrimmage one recap uh, that just happened here on Saturday, some key injuries that happened, some of the news and nuggets that we've been getting from some of these boards. Um, Yeah. But first off, guys, let's go into our sponsors, folks. So our first sponsor is BetUS. So go to BetUS.com. Folks, get 125% sign-up bonus using the code Nino's Corner, or click the link in the description. Uh, Click there. Go straight there, folks. Get 125% sign-up bonus. Um, Let them make money for you. So let them give you free money to bet on what it is, fights, games, the whole nine. It's going to be very great, very perfect here um, if you are a college football fan and college football starts here in about four weeks. So hit that 125% sign-up bonus code using Nino's Corner. That's the bonus code at BetUS.com. Also, folks, 20% off promo code, uh, free shipping, um, and um, 20% off using the code Nino's Corner at Manscaped.com. Again, uh, free worldwide shipping and 20% off using the promo code Nino's Corner at manscaped.com. Use it, folks. A lot of people have used it. They've used the code. They've gotten their money's worth, and it's a great product. So you guys are here to talk about the scrimmage one recap here that just happened here on Saturday and a couple of nuggets that came out. Um, first off, let's talk about the injuries. All right. The the injuries that we have that we have heard come out of here. We heard that uh, Nayer actually limped off the field. We heard that Angelau limped off as well. We heard that Rojo um, was was a guy who had to come off the field as well. Uh, let's just talk about these injuries and what they mean for the team. The first guy I want to talk about is Roshan Johnson. So let's talk about Rojo for a minute. Heart and soul of this team. Even though he is not the starting running back, he's the vocal leader of this team. He is a dog, a leader, a guy that the players follow. And all the fans here at Texas love Rojo because he's so unselfish, a very selfless player, and he just embodies what you want in a player um, when you're on a team. Uh, So I love Rojo. I love the fact that uh, he is that vocal leader. He's the guy that's that's nine times out of 10 going to be playing on Sundays because of his versatility. I think uh, scouts understand exactly how good Rojo is. It's just that he happens to be playing behind the best running back in the country. And sometimes things like that happen. But if Rojo played on any other team in the Big 12, probably minus K-State, people just starting running back on those teams. But losing a guy like Rojo, what does that mean? As far as a talent-wise, Texas running back room is severely stacked. I mean, they are stacked. We got Bijan, we got Roshan, but we got Keelan Robinson. We got Jonathan Brooks, man, who was the uh, Texas player of the year last year. Um, you know, stud running back. Stan Drayton got him early, was able to pull him in here. And a lot of teams wanted Jonathan Brooks, especially at the end of the recruiting cycle, because um, they finally realized just how good he was. He's a hell of a back. Texas has him on the roster. But not only do you got Jonathan Brooks, you got 
Jaden Blue as well. And a lot of people forget Jaden Blue was the number one running back in the country prior to him sitting out his senior year. So you're seeing a guy with a bunch of balance, a guy who um, runs routes like a wide receiver as well. So I think from a talent standpoint, Texas is going to be just fine um, if they lose Rojo. What they're going to miss is that leadership, those, those intangibles, um, that will to want to win because this is Rojo's last year here. He he wants to win. And when you got guys that want to win and want to give it all for a team, you're definitely going to miss it on the field. It's only so much coaching you can do from the sidelines. Um, so, yeah, he it's, it's, it's going to be a big loss from that standpoint. But he might be one of those guys that would be able to rally the troops from the sideline, do great things from that if he has to miss an extended period of time. But from the reports, it seems like Rojo was seen in the boot, which Texas does a lot. They put their guys in boots to make sure that no further damage gets done. But they, but it seems like hopefully, let's let's cross some fingers. Uh, let's let's hope Rojo, you know, should be fine, and hopefully he'll be ready for for week one. Nayer is one that um, when that when I heard that Nayer got hurt, uh, that's the one that kind of stung a little bit because we were. We have a deep we have a deep wide receiver room this year, right? Because of Nair and because of Jordan Woodinson being healthy, um, because we got in Ajay Hall, right? Um, we got an Xavier Worthy, um, so we're we're very top heavy. Um, however, losing a guy like Nair, if he's gone for the season or a significant amount of time, this means that Texas is going to have to rely on Ajay Hall, you know, a Troy Amiri. Um, and just hearing the news from what happened with Ajay Hall being suspended indefinitely, um, I think Texas did that for a reason also. They they did that to assure uh, that they can bring it back when they want to um, in case something like this happens. You, you don't want to suspend it for six games or four games, and then you, you need them, you know, like week one because you have injuries. So Texas did it the right way, I guess, in suspending, suspending him indefinitely, and they can bring it back whenever. Um, but this is going to put the pressure on a guy like Ajay Hall. If, if Nayer, if, I don't know, folks, if he's – Truly hurt. I mean, he's hurt, but I don't know the extent of his injury. But if he has an injury that is going to prolong and he won't be able to play for weeks at a time, this is where Ajay Hall is going to be one of those guys who has to step up. This is what we brought him here from Alabama for. Is the guy going to have growing pains? Is the guy going to have to mature a little bit? Sure. Um, but this is the opportunity for him to 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 actually mature to be that guy who, who can be counted on. And let's see if he can make it work. There's also a prime opportunity to see Troy Amiri. We haven't seen him in two years, folks, since, uh, what, was, what was it, the spring camp um, where he he balled out with the last coaching staff and did great things. Proud of him tearing up his knee. But it seems like he's a full goal now. And if he's a full goal and he can play that that um, that X wide, wide out, that'd be great to be able to play the boundary side of the field with his big body, be able to catch contested balls and do great things and be awesome on the opposite side of Xavier Worthy and uh, Jay Witt playing in the slot. Um, so th- this gives the opportunity for guys to step up and make a name for themselves as well. Um, but it, but this does blow. This does sting to, to have a guy like Nair if he is indeed out for an extended period of time. We will see what the reports say. But the one that really gets me, folks, is Junior Angle out. And I say um, this one hurts the most because we all understand that Texas offensive line has been battling a lot of things here 
just over the past couple of years, especially last year, having to tinker with with uh, certain pieces. But this is why Texas went out and got the number one offensive line class probably in the last 10, 15, 20 years in college football you know, history. Getting a guy like Kevin Banks Jr., one of the top tackles in the country, um, probably the top tackle in the country last year. Getting a guy like uh, DJ Campbell, the top interior offensive lineman in the country last year, and then adding in pieces like a Cole Hudson. Um, a Cam Williams, an Agbo, a Connor Robinson, you know, um, uh, a Neto. You got guys, you got seven guys in that class, and we're going to have to rely on some of those guys to come and play. Um, Angle out stings a lot because we saw that Cal Flood was moving him around from the left guard to right guard, and we've heard rumors of him playing the center position on the second string center unit, but then also getting some of those first string snaps as well. And that is very important because, you know, Cal Flood loves big humans. And if you go and take a look at Cal Flood's offensive line from that 2020 Alabama, uh, you know, national championship uh, 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 team, you look at his starting offensive line averaged uh, 6'5 in height and 330 pounds. And the starting center on that team was Landon Dickinson, who was a 6'6", 330-pound center. Junior Angelos around the same size, 6'5", 6'6", 330, 331, 2, you know, like, like as well. So having a guy with that kind of physical strength, we know Junior Angelos is a strong guy, a very smart guy as well because he's been in the program here for four or five years. So you have him play the center position, and then you supplement and put pieces around him, whether it's a Kelvin Banks Jr. at the left tackle, um, a Hayden Connor possibly at the left guard, Junior Angelo at the center, at your right guard, a Cole Hudson who was impressed from the spring forward. And then at the right tackle, that's going to be up for grabs, but that could be anybody between Christian Jones, who was uh, you know a starter pretty much all season, or it could be one of those freshmen coming. in. Maybe it's a Cam Williams that comes in and takes that job. We know Cal Flood likes big humans, and he's one of those big guys. But if we lose a guy like Junior Angelo, what it forces us to do is now Jake Majors goes back to his center position. And now you got to find a position uh, for uh, somebody to play where Junior Angelo would have played at guard. So that opens up the opportunity for is it another freshman that comes in and plays? Is it um, somebody who has been developed over time? But who would that person be? You know, in that instance, where we have a Kelvin Banks at at left tackle, a Hayden Connor at left guard, um, Jake Majors at the center now. Would you put the uh, Cole Hudson again at at guard again? But who plays that right tackle again? Um, so yeah, we're we're in a position, but we've seen that Cal Flood has been very adamant on playing the best five people, regardless of class, regardless if they're seniors, regardless if they're if they're juniors or freshmen. So this could be a season where there could be some growing pains on this offensive line. Maybe the line gets better as we go. Maybe these guys play against, um, uh, let's say, Monroe, and they do very good. We play against Bama. We'll see what happens that game. You play against, uh, you know, UTSA. Let's say they, they win that game. These guys start to get a little bit of confidence before they go into conference play um, and play that first game, I think, it's Texas Tech at Texas Tech, which is a pretty hostile, you know, um, you know, you know, territory. Then I think West Virginia and then Oklahoma. What happens? Does Cal Flood put two or three freshmen in that line? I think the answer now is I think we understand that two guys are going to play that are true freshmen on this line. And by the end of the season, it might be three that play a lot. So that's something that we as Texas fans have to pretty much position ourselves 
for this. Um, now, with a guy like Junior Angelo possibly being out, let's say if Junior Angelo is out for the you know like for the entire season, how does that affect Texas and the offensive play calling? Steve Sarkeesian has said that the most the second most important person on his team is the tight end. This is going to be an opportunity for Texas to play a lot of 12 personnel, meaning one running back and two tight ends. Because if we're starting, uh, you know, some true freshmen on this line, especially at the tackle positions, this is going to be an opportunity for us to have to put tight ends that can do their thing on the blocking side of the house as well as catching the ball as well um, to help chip blocks, um, to help seal the edge to make sure that nobody gets to Quinn or Hudson Card, whoever's starting. And we'll get to that next. Um, but, yeah, we might see a lot more 12 personnel. And with that 12 personnel, you're definitely going to look at JT Sanders being one of those tight ends and a more complete tight end as a second tight end, maybe a Gunner Ham, who's a better blocker, um, guy who can also catch the ball. He's an overall just a really, really good uh, tight end who can do a little bit of both. So maybe one of those guys is going to have to step up and do a little bit of help, uh, you know, and assisting in, in the blocking role as well because we are going to be so young across the offensive line. But we will see what happens in Sark's press conference here on Monday about those injuries. It's going to be very interesting to see, and I have a reaction video for you guys tomorrow about that. Um, but, um, yeah, when it comes to the O-line, we understand what Cal Flood likes, big humans, but losing a guy like Anglout, if that is the case, if that is the case that he's not going to be on this team this season because of injury, it's going to really shift things around and, and uh, make it to where – Cal Flood won't be able to implement his total suite of things that he will probably want to do with the offensive line. Angela was a very valuable piece. The only saving grace that if this is a true injury where he is not going to be playing in the season or an extended period of time, it happened early. So now you get to get the mental side of the house with these young freshmen and some of these other guys in the team to get themselves mentally prepared to know that I am going to play. And what Cal Flood and Coach Sarkeesian brought me in here to do, and they gave me that opportunity and said the best man's going to play, they weren't lying. You might be one of those top five, those best five that are going to be able to play. You might be one of those top eight that are going to be dependent upon in case somebody gets hurt. You might be that swing tackle that's going to have to come in if, you know, once somebody needs to breather. You might be that backup guard that has to come in if somebody tweaks an ankle or misses some time as well. Be ready to play. Be ready to contribute to this team. Um, it's going to be a long season. But it's going to be a good season. And I got all confidence in, in this coaching staff and the team and how these players came in shape. We saw how these players came in. Cam Williams looked good. He looked good coming in. Uh, Kevin Banks Jr. looked like an NFL body already. So I think these guys took the opportunity this offseason, took the plans, even though they weren't on campus for the spring. They took those plans and have trained personally uh, to to be as, as professional as possible when they got on campus. And these guys look like a million bucks here on campus. The next thing I want to talk about, folks, is the, is the QB battle. Quinn Ewers versus Hudson Card. Who starts? Um, anybody, uh, I think most people would think probably Quinn is going to be that guy. That's what people would think because we spent a lot of resources and a lot of time to go get Quinn Ewers. Players were campaigning for him. He still looks like he's won over the locker room. It looks like Quinn Ewers has embraced being the quarterback at the University of Texas. He's at all the events. He's the face. He's with Xavier Worthy. He's with Jake Majors. He's with this guy. He's with that guy. He's on the posters. He's doing this. Basketball games, softball games, baseball games. If there's Texas football players at an event, 
Quinn Ewers is going to be there with the posse. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. Um, but Hudson Card has been in this system for an extra year, so he knows the playbook a lot better. Uh, but hearing some of the reports that Hudson does know the playbook a lot better, he looks more comfortable, looks more fluid, uh, uh, looks more ready-made right now for the program because he's been in the system for a little bit longer. But the reports were also saying that uh, when the pocket broke down, when things got skittish, Hudson looked a little bit out of place, a la Arkansas 2021. That's something that Texas, we cannot afford to have Hudson Card react that way again in games. You can't get happy feet when things break down. You got to be able to be more comfortable in the pocket. You got to be, got to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's life. That's football. Being comfortable, learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Somebody's out to get your head every play. You got to be comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. And I think that's what Hudson Card has to get over. He can get over that mental block. Hudson Card is going to be a really good quarterback here in Texas if he can get over that mental block. Now, side note is Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, the reports are saying that he's a deep ball thrower. And his deep balls that he's throwing are looking extraordinary. They're looking great. Him and Mayer was like a thing of, of praise from the first scrimmage prior to Mayer going out and the practices that, are, that were prior to the scrimmage. He's the deep ball guy. Um, and after Mayer got hurt, they said deep ball to Casey Kane as well. So he's the guy that's going to push He's going to push that ball down the field, which is what you want also. And that's one of the main elements to a Steve Sarkeesian offense is being able to throw that ball deep, make the safeties respect you, make the cornerbacks respect you, Make those linebackers respect that passing game. You get that. You get those those back four or five guys to back up a little bit. Doesn't stack the box up against Bijan. Bijan has more room to work. And Bijan one on one against a linebacker. I got my money on Bijan. I put my check on Bijan. And then he's off to the races. Right? What teams were able to do last year was stack the box because we had no vertical threat. Our only threat after Jordan Whittington got hurt was Xavier Worthy. And once you're able to put double coverage on him and everybody knows where the ball is going and he's still able to have a successful season. That's what makes Xavier Worthy so special. Um, However, if we could uh, basically hit those deep balls, and we saw last year, I think West Virginia is when Hudson Card hit that deep ball and he was ecstatic. He was happy. Hudson Card was happy because you can tell it's like a kid has been trying to do something for so long and he finally got it like, Look, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yes. You got to get more of it, though. It's like when I tell my kid, he's like, he's doing his math problems. And he's like, Dad, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm like, yeah. Now, now, now look, you get you know, that first one is done, but you got 20 more to do. Right. And that's the mentality that this team at the quarterback position has to get done in their mind mentally. You see that Quinn Ewers is a deep ball thrower, but he's going to make some mistakes because he is a freshman. Right. He's 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 a gunslinger. He's a guy that, that is going to sling that ball. He's going to do great things with the ball, but he's also going to turn the ball over some too. But with the quarterback at Texas, and I say this for any quarterback, not just at Texas, quarterbacks have to have short memories. Quarterbacks have to be like cornerbacks and, and, the, and, and like safeties, defensive backs. They have to have short memories because as high as you are when you throw a touchdown, you need to be so even kill after that touchdown that if you throw an interception, you need to be the same even kill. Because guess what? You still got to go out there and perform your job. 
So there's one thing about Quinn that I kind of noticed in the spring games and, you know, you know just from some of the reports, he doesn't beat himself up much because he knows he has that God-given talent that he's going to do something great when he gets the ball back. So it's going to be an interesting quarterback battle on who wins the quarterback battle. Is it Quinn? Is it Hudson Card? Eh, who knows? It's going to be very interesting. Um, we got a couple more, what, what's it, three more scrimmages. I think there's four total scrimmages. Um, we'll see when Sark announces who is going to start, but it's going to be interesting because it was only the first day of practice. Um, a few key injuries. We'll see the severity of those injuries Monday once Coach Sark comes out with his press conference, and I'll be, you know, have some kind of reaction for that as well. So check it out tomorrow too as well. But also, folks, we've been hearing that that the defense has won um, the scrimmage on Saturday. Okay. Defense won a scrimmage last year a lot too, and that defense did not perform to the to the effort and ability that we thought they were going to actually perform to last year. The defensive line looked very good last year because they were going against our offensive line. Um, so and I'm not knocking the guys; I'm just keeping it real, just keeping it real. Um, but we might be up to something. They say Overshawn did some great things on defense, um, you know, on Saturday. And I told you guys when I was talking with Texas football talk about um, PK meeting with Dan Quinn and me, Jeremy and Clint basically said the exact same thing. PK was meeting with Dan Quinn to see how to utilize the Marvion Overshawn. How do I make the Marvion Overshawn the Texas Micah Parsons? And, and if you guys noticed, a lot of the reports are coming out that Jalen Ford and Tucker Dorsey, JTD, um, or DTD. Yeah, DTD, Darian Tucker Dorsey. Yeah, so everybody's saying that Tucker Dorsey and Jalen Ford have been manning those linebacker positions and that Texas has been using DeMarvion Overshawn as that chess piece. Find on the field the best mismatch for him to exploit let him rush a quarterback, let him get some sacks. And I think that's going to be the perfect opportunity for Overshawn to shine. He's a great blitzer. I think we all know that, you know, he is a great blitzer. What I love about Overshawn this year is that it's the first full offseason he has had since becoming a linebacker. I think he was hurt the first two offseasons, um, and he was basically forced to come in and play. Now he's had a full off season. You can tell he's gotten his weight up. His body looks great. He's going to be really good in this defense this year. I love our secondary side of the house. So I wouldn't say I love, but I like Barron, um, you know, playing the nickel. I like Watts being that tall, lanky, um, you know, just cornerback that can be physical, can play man, can play zone as well. But he's one of those guys, like Steve Sarkeesian said last week, he likes his cornerback six foot and above because he likes him to be physical with long arms and length to basically drive the wide receiver off their route. Once that happens, folks, then you're going to have guys off the edge, whether it's going to be an overshine or a Jamon Tapp, whether it's going to be a Justice Finkley, um, whether it's going to be, um, you know, a Ovia Gofu, where there's going to be those guys coming off the edge to be able to rush the quarterback. And they're going to have an extra split second because the quarterback could not get the dink and dunk easy passes because our cornerbacks are driving these guys off the routes. Um, I love having Anthony Hill. I'm going to start Anthony Hill. Anthony Cook moved back from the nickel position last year back to safety. You got you, you have a veteran guy who's a smart football player who can uh, pretty much – corral the whole defense and see the field in its whole entirety 
and you have him being there, being one of your last lines of defense. I think that bodes well for Texas to have a guy of, you know, that's a veteran in that position. And also having a guy like Thompson or whether it's Crawford playing the other safety position, we shall see. But I think Texas is going to be fine in the secondary. Um, reports so far are that uh, Jamison is playing well, getting, you know, interceptions, getting pick sixes. So that's that's a good thing. We got to see more of that on Saturdays. And if Jamison can turn the switch and have it on Saturday, I, I think we're going to be good. Now, one thing I want to say about Jamison, too, this is the only year in which he's had the same defensive coordinator and position coach two years in a row. So maybe this is the year where we see Jamison do his thing. I can't I can't wait to see it. I, I thought the light switch turned on in in Chris Ash's defense, and, and I think we saw that, you know, like starting to turn. And then last year, you know, a new defense, a new uh, a new uh, you know coach for the cornerbacks, a new coach for the safeties as well. So just different play calls, different nomenclature, whatever. So I think this year, if 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 he can get back to that Jamison from two years ago, I think this secondary is going to be fine. So I, I can't wait to see how that plays out. But like I said before, folks, I am worried about the offensive line. I'm going to see exactly. I, I I can't wait to hear Sark's press conference to see the extent of the injuries for junior angle. I think that's going to be very telling on where this team's going to go this year when it comes to um, a personnel standpoint on, on who plays along that offensive line. Um, and if Anglo is out, expect a lot of 12 personnel, two tight ends to help block some of these guys that, you know, like that should come off the edge more probably Gunner Helm. He's probably your more sound blocker from those tight ends um, and having a guy like JT Sanders be able to, uh, you know, stretch the field as a tight end. But anyways, guys, on that note, man, I'm out of here. Do you, don't be afraid to fail. I grow your environment uh, and understand your brilliance. You know, it's corner them out, hook them, horns up all day long.